Welcome into the His and Nurse Podcast. I'm Zach Ben alongside my sister Paige. And today we review NFL Week 6 and why the saying any given Sunday was proven right this week. We provide our reaction to the two unbeaten teams going down and our biggest takeaways from this week of NFL. That's next here on the His and Hers Podcast. All right, Paige, unbeaten no more. Uh, I want to say that, but let's go real quick. That I don't understand what what in the world to Rod Taylor and the New York Giants were just doing right before halftime. We're recording this right at the halftime of the Bills Giants game. It's six nothing. They have an opportunity at the one after a pass interference. It's fourteen seconds, I believe, around the clock, and you have an ability to to run three pass plays. It you um, know. And kick a field goal, worst case scenario. They hand it off, and then they are not able to spike it, so they go in 6 nothing. What a momentum on changer that was. One-yard line. One that was terrible. Line. That, that was, was so bad. It has been a weird day of football, and that is just representative of the weirdness that has gone on today. Yes. So the unbeatens are unbeaten no more. The Niners and the Eagles both go down. The Eagles losing to the Browns. And the Niners, no, yeah, the Niners losing to the Browns and the Eagles losing to the Jets. On a scale one to ten, or I guess, how about you just rank which one was worse or maybe which one was more concerning to you, the Niners losing or the Eagles losing? Um, honestly, I think, I don't know if one is more concerning to me than the other. I think these are, these are my two takeaways. One. Um, the 49ers played a defense that knew how to play them today. I think that obviously all that Brock Purdy needed was for you to finally give him his flowers. And then his weaknesses were showed today in a way that we haven't really seen the pressure put on Brock Purdy, um, in the past 14 games that he's played. And so I thought that was just really, really interesting to see that the Browns defense, arguably the best in the league right now, the way that they're able to play and just keep Obviously, the Niners rookie with the chance to win the game, losing like missing that field goal that always pains you, especially because even though Brock Purdy had a bad game, he did set their team up to get down there and seal the victory. So, you know, a late missed kick is always like that's just something that every team in the league has experienced at one point. So, I mean, I still think that the Niners should feel really great. They didn't have an incredible game today. Brock Purdy didn't play his best, but they were still in that game with an incredible defense and they would have walked away with the win if the kicker hadn't missed the field goal. And so I think that you're going to see the Niners quickly recover from that loss. Um, The Eagles loss is interesting because it's an Eagles loss that was lost because of three interceptions thrown by Jalen Hurts. And I just think that that is where, um, it's just a little bit concerning as an Eagles fan when you see your star quarterback throw three interceptions. Obviously, everyone's going to throw interceptions in the league, but the 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 Eagles offense today just did not look good and the Jets defense was finally the Jets defense that we've been talking like everyone expected kind of coming into the season. I think that that was the first game that I really felt like um that that defense looked like it was supposed to at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think there's various concerns um, from either side. I think for the Niners, it's so mu- not so much a concern about how to look. That's a good team you're playing on the road, a good defense. And so there's things that you could probably learn from it, things that Purdy can take away and improve in his game. For them, it's really 
as we said, I think at the end of last week's episode, all about health form. They're, you know, arguably from top to bottom, the best team in the NFL. But when you have a Debo Samuel and a Christian McCaffrey both exit the game, and uh, I know McCaffrey tried to come back, but ultimately don't finish the game, uh, that caused you can for, for concern. Uh, McCaffrey, an oblique injury, Debo Samuel, a shoulder injury. I believe that the x-rays are negative on Debo. He's going to do an MRI which is just never a good sign. And so that's always kind of the concern with any team that is, you know, in a sense peaking in the season as well. Let's just hope that they don't get hurt. And, and really, if you look at, at a week to week part of this league, the winner of like the weekly Super Bowl has always ended up kind of losing the next week, whether it was the Lions in week one going in and beating um, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs losing the next week to the Seahawks, the Bills, beating the Dolphins um, and losing it. Like, so the Miami Dolphins hanging 70, then they lose to the Bills. The Bills beating the, the Dolphins and then go in London and lose. And, and then now following this week, the Niners blow out the Cowboys and then come into this week and lay a little bit of an egg. Now it was wet. It was rainy. Uh, again, a really good defense. I believe that the, the Browns have given up the fewest yards um, through five games in like 40, 50 years, like it's just over a thousand yards in, in five full games. You know, that is one of the most insane stats I've ever heard. And so for them, you know, it's kind of more injury where the Eagles, I think is more, they're about to face a gauntlet in their schedule that it's going to be concerning because, you know, even though they were five and oh, they hadn't ever looked, you know, like the team from last year, everything's been, a little bit tougher. So they entered in this schedule. They play the Dolphins next week, Sunday Night Football. That's going to be a fantastic game. They then play the Commanders again, who they just went to overtime with, but this time they're going to go to Washington. Then they play the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Niners. Like That is one of the toughest stretches of football games I can even think of. I, that is crazy. I mean... There's not an easy game on their schedule over the next seven games. This was kind of their last chance to pad it, get to six and zero, oh, and then you know if they split the next seven, go four and three, they'd be sitting in a good spot. So this is not a good look for them as they enter into the prime of their of their schedule. That's crazy. That's tough. Yeah, that's a rough. I mean, Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, and Niners. Like that's crazy. Yeah, the Eagles last year had arguably the easiest schedule in the NFL, and then it swung the opposite direction this year with one of the most tough. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, that is because then after the Niners, they play. Oh my goodness, they play the then they play in Dallas, and then they play in Seattle to follow that. Oh my gosh, what a gauntlet! That's tough. Yeah, I think that's another uh, – thanks for bringing up the schedule because I think that's another huge thing is I just think that the Niners have a little bit of time to recover. Um, they obviously go in – they're playing the Vikings next week, like a little bit of a recovery game for them. And the Eagles, they – like this was this was a game the Eagles needed to win today because they have such tough opponents up the road. Yeah. Um, no, really kind of a – just kind of a tough week for the, for the best teams, quote-unquote, in the NFL. Kind of all around. I mean, even look at the the win uh, that we talked a little bit about. The Chiefs were able to get on Thursday. It wasn't easy, and that and it just proves you like it don't really matter how you win the games. It just matters if you win enough of them. You know, like we, you know, the the 
the Dolphins beating the Broncos by 50 does, doesn't help them going into the next week. And so when it is such a struggle and these teams are so evenly matched, just, hey, if you can just make enough plays down the stretch to win, you know, you're going to be happy with that every single time. But there seems to be a lot of parity in the league um, in terms of like a lot of three and three teams, a lot of, you know, four and two or two and four, where it, it is a pretty coin flip type of situation uh, on which side you're going to be on. What was your biggest takeaway outside the unbeaten teams losing page from this week of action? My number one takeaway this week is that the Falcons are throwing a good season away with Desmond Ritter at QB. Yeah. And yeah. that they should be immediately sourcing a new QB for that team. Just listen to this. They outgained the commanders 402 yards to 193. <laughs> picked up 25 first downs to Washington's 13 and lost by eight points, 24-16 at home. And they lost because of Desmond Ritter. He threw three interceptions. And obviously there's some weird like coaching decisions that went on. Obviously Smith decided to go for two after the Falcons scored um, early, like early in the fourth. And that just felt like a weird call to make as a coach. But I don't know. I just feel like the Atlanta team Football, we talk about this all the time, but the NFL is unique in the sense that your team is going to be different every single year and you cannot expect the same level of play. You can't expect the same like luck in games. You can't expect the same um, schedule. Like you can't expect the same things like you can in other leagues. And so for the NFL, when your team is productive and like performing, you have to meet your team where they are when they are because next year this might not be the case for the Falcons. You don't know when injury is going to strike up. And so for me, it just feels like a waste of a season when you have the Atlanta Falcons who are looking really good, who are able to like really cook on defense. They look good on offense. They have all the pieces there except for the quarterback. It's like go out and get somebody and get them there and get them in place so that your team can make a run into the postseason when you have all of the weapons to do it aside from the guy leading your offense. Yeah, that's why it goes back to the summer when uh, Lamar still hadn't agreed and had been franchise tagged. It was crazy to me that the Falcons weren't a team that made a run at him. Um, you know, because if you look at their three and three record, I mean, he's at least worth a win, maybe two. They could be sitting in, you know, with the weapons that they have. Yeah, you had to given up, I believe, two first round picks or something, but you have Desmond Ritter and not much, you know, there's no other quarterback solution. I really. I think Heineke, Taylor Heineke, the old Washington commander guy would be a better option for him. Like, it just seems like Desmond Ritter, his decision-making is just below par. And there was, I think they had four possessions in the fourth quarter with the opportunity to tie the game. It was 24-16, I swear, for the entire second half. And he could never never capitalize. Um. So mine is going to be that the Jaguars um, are going to have that division wrapped up um, pretty quickly. I know that the Texans are, you know, three and three and a better team than, uh, than, you know, we thought they were going to be. And a lot of that goes into D'Amico Ryans and obviously CJ Stroud. But I think that the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, uh, that defense, I think that they're rounding into form. And I think you're seeing that progression. I think by the end of the year, Trevor Lawrence will have ascended to another step in his game. There was a little bit of an injury thing at the end of today's game, but he said that it shouldn't be anything at all for him. And so I look at that entire division. And and like I said, I know that the, 
I do know that the Texans are there, but I look at the Jaguars, you know, they have the Saints, they have the Steelers, they have a tough game against the Niners, um, but then they play the Titans and then another game with the Texans um, who beat them once already this year. But I just think as you get into December, I think that young team in the Texans is going to experience a few lulls, and I wouldn't be surprised if by December that they kind of have that division wrapped up with who else is competing with them. Yeah, and bouncing off the Jaguars, I mean, the funnest stat coming out of Sunday to me is the Travis Etienne Jr. scoring two touchdowns within 16 seconds. Yeah, that was a, that's pretty cool. What is your uh, second takeaway, Paige? Second takeaway is that the Buccaneers should be wearing the creamsicle uniforms they wore today every single game for the rest of time. For the Those rest are, of time. Yeah, the absolute best uniforms. I don't know why they wear anything else beside that, if I'm being honest. Like, they're nothing, nothing new branded for the Buccaneers has ever looked as good as that. Yeah, it's true. They're, they're solid. I mean, they lost. And, and I guess that plays into my second one, which that the Lions are our top three team in the NFC, probably top three team in the, in the entire NFL. I think that they're a really well-rounded squad. They have a quarterback who doesn't make very many mistakes, gets the ball to his playmakers, and a defense that um, is opportunistic, and, and they held the Bucs to six points. I mean, the Bucs uh, obviously aren't like a high-powered offense, but they have a bunch of playmakers, and they're just um, – they were able to limit their opportunities and still up a pretty easy win, in a, you know, on the road. And so they go to Baltimore next week. It's going to be a good, fun game between those two teams. Next week's got some good, good matchups in it. But yeah, I think that the Lions are a legit contender, which is weird to think about. But uh, yeah, I was proven wrong. I think I picked the Bucks in this game, and the Lions kind of went in. And and while the score is only you know two scores or what was, what was the final score? Was it? Uh, it was twenty six. So I was twenty six. So I was only a 14-point win, and I know the Bucs had a few chances. It never felt like the Lions were out of control. And that's where I think Jared Goff is pretty smart, is that when the game is in hand and the game you know, is there for him to win, he's not really much of a risk taker to try to pad his stats. He's totally fine handing it off, totally fine dumping it down, turn some clock, and uh, you know, rest on the lead. And, uh, and I think that helps with this team, and Dan Campbell has them. Over the last, you know, 20, 15 games or, you know, of going into last year, they got the bet, one of the best records in the entire NFL. Uh, so he has that team playing uh, hard and trending in the right direction. Yeah. And this was the first week with Baker as a buck where it just did not look good. The Lions defense was able to shut him down completely. And it was just crazy because I don't think he hit. I don't even think Mike Evans got a target until the second half of that game. So right. they just they were just able to shut down all weapons on offense in a way that. um is truly impressive for a Lions organization that people have not had faith in for many, many years. <laughs> True. True. Third and final one, Paige. Third and final one. I'm going to go with, I think that the Jets still have a chance to make the playoffs. After the win over the Eagles today, obviously getting four turnovers on the Eagles team, they probably should have been beating that team by a little bit more. The turnover mm -hmm. battle was four to zero. But I think that they have, if the I think they have every opportunity to still make the playoffs. They can, they can go on a little bit of a run here. And there's potential that the New York Jets uh, postseason dreams are not dead um, with week one Aaron Rodgers injury. 
Oh, they are. They're live. How, you see the video of Aaron Rodgers um, throwing the ball around already? Crazy. If Aaron Rodgers plays again this season, then we should all be taking medical advice from him. That's all I'll say. <laughs> maybe he's onto something. Maybe that ayahuasca. Maybe dark. Various... Maybe darkness retweet retreats and non-vaccinations is the way to be epitome of health. I don't know. Thirty. Yeah, it is crazy. Thirty-four days post surgery, and obviously he's not moving. I mean, he's walking without a boot. The people, you know, were cheating the thing, throwing it around. I mean, he wasn't dropping back and stuff, but. 34 days post Achilles, it would be, I mean, like you said, that team, the the Jets, uh, they go into their bye week. And I think in in all actuality, I, I think if they play the Patriots again, they beat them. You know, and they will play them again. But if they would be able to replay that game, I think Zach Wilson has confidence. Um, obviously, he, you know, where he's at currently is just do enough to keep us in the game and let my defense win essentially is how they're playing. Right. But I think as the week goes, weeks go on, he's become more and more confident. He's not making the big mistakes and it's working for him. They have a bye week and then they play the giants. Uh, obviously that place is going to be crazy because it's that inner city matchup, but they should be able to pin the ears back and get above 500 and if that happens, watch out. I mean, that team is going to be really exciting to watch. Well, and that's down the thing the rest too is that that defense was able to get cooking so well today and force four turnovers, and that was out without that was without Soth Gardner and DJ Reed, who were both out with concussions this week. And so yeah. it's like, and when they come back, like how much they were able to shut down AJ Brown this week. I'm like, I'm just pumped to see what that defense, if they can carry on this momentum, is going to be able to do the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, my final one is going to be watch out. For the Raiders in terms of sneaky playoff team. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo exited the game. Brian Hoyer did just enough to win. Max Crosby, if he's not the best defensive player in the NFL, he's top three. Just a crazy force. He sealed the game on Mac Jones uh, with a sack. Safety, you don't see that very often. But so they are three and three, uh, which obviously keeps them right around. A striking distance. They then play in Chicago against the Bears, and they could be uh, without Justin Fields, who seemed to have dislocated his thumb on his throwing hand uh, with the swelling. It's going to happen. I'd be shocked if he plays next week. Uh, and then it gets a little tough to play the Lions, but then they have the Giants, the Jets, the Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, uh, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, uh, Broncos. So I think this is a team that will be up and down that roller coaster. And it all depends if they can sneak a couple that they shouldn't and get around nine to 10 wins. That puts them right in that. I mean, nine wins puts you in the playoff contention. 10 wins almost, almost certainly seals it every single year. So they're going to be hanging around. Just don't be surprised if you see them as like the sixth or seventh seed come playoff time. Okay. Okay. A bad little, little take, huh? An interesting but not bad take. Well, perfect, Paige. Any uh, last things you wanted to touch on? I, I know the Vikings game was terrible. Um, you know, you go down the list. The Rams and Cardinals game wasn't much. I think the Rams are just going to be similar to the Raiders, where they're just going to kind of win. You know, win a couple, lose a couple, win one, lose one, and then be right around that eight or nine, nine to eight finish. And it kind of depends on how the all cards to shake out, but. 
the outside of that, I mean, the Bengals Seahawks, it was good to see the Bengals get back on, on the winning side of things. It was interesting though, because in the row. Bengals like stormed down, scored two TDs on their first two possessions. And then they just kind of went quiet the rest of the mm-hmm. game. And so it was kind of like, they just were absent after that, which was kind of weird. Yeah. And this is the problem with the, uh, the aggression, in the NFL. I'm glad that we brought this game up. Um, Pete Carroll, so the defense, like you said, have been playing really well from, you know, the second quarter on. They get all the way down um, to, like, the 11-yard line or something. It gets to fourth down, and they go for it. And this was with, like, four minutes left or three minutes left. He still had timeouts, ability to stop the clock. They go for it, don't get it. So then, And then they stop the Bengals, get the ball back, and have to go. And they get all the way down to the four-yard line again. But now because they're down – 17, 13, they have to get in their end zone and, and they get stopped again. And so sometimes it's just, you know, when you're in these tight contests and it's not a like a touchdown shootout, like you're in the fourth quarter in 17, 13, take the points. I mean, that's what the Browns did. Like the Browns are down the exact same score, 17, 13. They get inside goal to go, get stopped. And he kicks a, and, and, and Kevin Stefanski kicks a field goal. Takes the points, gets the ball back, kicks it again, and uh, that ends up winning the game. I think too often it's like, well, we don't know if we're going to get this close. Let's just go for the touchdown. And it's like, no, if you're if if it, if it's forty-two to forty-one, yeah, I understand it. I mean, they're probably going to go down, and score, or get a first down, and run the game out. But when it's 17-13, 14 to ten, just take the points when you can get them, and, and trust that you'll get the ball back for another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just an interesting, interesting coaching style and just interesting coaching decisions across the board today. I feel like there was a few that just will leave me scratching my head for a little bit. Yeah, he was a good coach. I just it just I don't know. I think sometimes they just get you overthink it a little bit too much. You know, I just uh, I just wish that they would uh, would just take the point sometimes when it comes to them, because usually it comes around and bites you in the butt. Do we think that the. Uh, Buffalo Bills should not be allowed on primetime due to serious injuries happening on primetime with the Bills. Yeah. Damian Harris has movement in his legs and arms, which is, which is really good, but yeah, man. it's really good news, but man, pretty tough. he's the bills. I mean, they pull Josh Allen and all of a sudden Damian Harris is on the field. It's like this team might be a little bit cursed on primetime. I will say, I thought you were going to say, should they not be on primetime? Cause it seems like Josh Allen just wants to do too much. The whole time. Yeah, there's something about Josh Allen on primetime that's not great. <laughs> I think they're going to sneak this one out, but man, what an ugly game this is. They bad. will. They're in the red zone right now. They're going to win. It's just this just is not ugly. not pretty. I will say I'm pulling for the uh, pulling for the Giants because in the survivor pool, thirty. I, I've already advanced. I picked the Chiefs this week, but uh, there's like thirty people on the Bills, and that would get me down to like the top twenty, which would be slowly just slowly making your way up there. Yeah, because pe- there was like four people that had the Eagles. There's another four um, that had the Niners. And then if they lost, it'd be like 38 gone. It'd be down to like 26 people. And it's a, it's a few grand. Like I just paid 10 bucks, but there's enough people in it that um, it's getting, getting, getting close, you know? Getting frisky. Getting frisky. Here's a question for you. Okay. When a coach... You know how like when a player like George Kittle, he wears an F Cowboys t-shirt, gets fined like $17,000, has to pay. 
when a coach breaks a piece of equipment, do you think he gets fined by the team and has to replace that equipment? I don't know. I actually don't. I don't know. I don't, oh, has to replace the equipment? Yeah. I'm sure if the, because yeah. like because like like today the Bill Belichick breaking yeah. the breaking of the window surface. Do coaches get fined for those? I things? think I think it depends on who you are. I think uh, if Robert Kraft tried to find Bill Belichick for it, he would. <laughs> but also, I mean, Bill Belichick makes like twenty million a year. I, I think the, he can what, replace the surface. Well, no well, what are the what's the surface oh. like? Three hundred dollars? Yeah, probably. You could probably take five out, and he wouldn't even notice it out of his check. <laughs> I mean, when you're getting, I mean, I don't know how coaches are paid. I know players are paid weekly, but you know what I mean. If you're getting paid twenty million, so it's a million you know, million some odd every game. I mean, what's 300 bucks? You just think that your taxes went up. <laughs> you don't even notice because you don't even look at your paycheck at that point. That's that's just a direct deposit. That's the height of that's the height of luxury is when you don't look at your paycheck. Yeah. You don't you don't care. You don't care. I actually I don't know if it's a height of luxury. I don't look at my I don't look at my paycheck. Well, other than just the final number, because I don't want to see how much taxes were taken out. Yeah, it retweet makes me, that. It makes me like last year I didn't look at all. And then uh when I was doing my taxes, I was like, Are you kidding me? That's the number? That is insane. So yeah. I hate that. Yeah. You should probably be looking at that a little bit throughout the year to make sure you're not paying overpaying the government. But that's a conversation for another day. No, I mean, when the tax came out, I was fine. <laughs> All right. Everything worked out. <laughs> uh, just, you know, who knows? Just supporting the wars. All righty. Well, thank you for listening to another His and podcast. I'm Zach Ben, alongside my sister Paige. On Friday, we'll have our preview pod for week seven. Tune in then. <laughs> <laughs>